Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're looking at Ephesians, such an exciting week of programmes already, Colin, and uh, we're using your new translation called The Truth. And uh, it's, it's coming over in such a fresh way. You reminded us through the words of Paul yesterday that God has already blessed us. He's not going to. He has already blessed us. And you asked the question at the end of yesterday's programme, therefore, what is our role? And I think the problem is, you know, we can read these opening verses of Ephesians in in uh, editions that are, are very familiar to us. And there is so much there that we don't necessarily stop to unpack it. Well, we almost skip the first few verses, don't we? Yes, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost too much to take in. And uh, uh, what I've sought to do in this translation is to unpack it and just to explain it. Because that is that is good translation. Good translation is not just translating words from one language into another language. It's taking what the words in the first language mean and translating it into words in the second language that explain what it means. That's good translation. So uh, we pick it up in verse 11. We were chosen to belong to him to belong to Christ. This was God's plan from the beginning. And he works out everything so his will and his purposes are completely fulfilled. Now, I love this verse because one of the things that God makes clear throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament is that God will ensure that all his plans are fulfilled. Nobody Nothing, the devil, no created power, no demonic powers, no opposition can prevent God from bringing everything to the fulfillment of his purposes. In other words, if we're Christians, we are on the winning side. It doesn't matter what we have to face. It doesn't matter what situations we have to work through. The outcome in the end will be victory. And that's why in uh, the book of Revelation, right at the end of the New Testament, when the Spirit of God is writing to the seven churches in Asia Minor, at the end of each of those is is this phrase, to he who overcomes. In my translation, it said, to he who is victorious, God will give. And uh, there's various gifts Uh, that God will give in each of those seven letters. But you see, the great thing is, Julia, that, that we are overcomers. We are victorious if we're living in the revelation of who we are in Christ and of all that God has blessed us with in him. As long as we don't give up, in other words. No, that's right. We persevere. We don't give up. And we know that whatever part God has for each one of us in this overall plan, this great cosmic plan that he is working out, he will ensure that we fulfill our part in that so long as we continue to trust in him, to do what Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. Go on living in me and I go on living in you. And then we can be sure that God will bring us to the fulfillment of 
everything that he has planned for us. It's interesting that you talk about the cosmic plan, the big picture, because maybe many Christians don't carry this big picture in their mind. Oh, I'm sure that's true. I think we all look at our lives, you know, through through our own personal spectacles, really. And, and you know, we're concerned, what about me and my problems and my needs and my this and my that. And, and, of course, we are part of the body and there's only one body of Christ worldwide. So we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. And our congregations are part of something much bigger than themselves. But, you see, even the body of Christ is part of this ongoing purpose that God is working out in the whole of creation. It's, there's some very interesting scriptures, which we don't have time to go into now, which really suggest that God's purpose for the whole universe is being worked out through what he does here on earth. Now, that's incredible, really, when you think how small the earth is compared to the whole of God's creation. But somehow, uh, it's significant what God is doing with mankind. It has that cosmic, that universal kind of application and, and effect. So I, I think those are things we probably can't understand, really. But it's revelation that the apostles received from God. So I believe that in some way it's true. But if we get back to uh, Ephesians 1 here, uh, Paul says... Uh, in verse 12, all this is so that we who first put our hope in Christ might live for his praise and glory. Now, he's talking about the original people in the church who would have been Jewish. They were the first to put their hope in Christ. But now, of course, by the time this epistle is written, the gospel is is being opened up to the Gentile nations. And... Um, the church in Ephesus would have been predominantly Gentile. It would have the Jewish community because wherever uh, Paul and others went, they always went to the synagogue first and preached to God's covenant people first, and then they would be out in the marketplace teaching to the crowds. So he says, you also, like us, were placed in Christ. Now, this is the, this is the whole point. When were we placed in Christ? Well, Paul answers that question very, very clearly in verse 13. You also, like us, were placed in Christ when you heard the truth of the gospel of salvation and believed. It didn't happen when water was poured over your head as a baby. It didn't happen because you were brought up in a Christian family. It didn't happen because you went to church for X number of years. It happened when you heard the gospel of salvation and believed. Then, and if you believed, you would have turned to the Lord with repentance and faith. You would have given your life to Jesus. You would have been forgiven of all your sins. You would have been made holy and blameless in his sight so that then you could be incorporated into Christ. Then he marked you Paul says, in a very special way by placing his personal seal upon you. What is that personal seal? You know, it's like God's stamp of approval. He gave you his own promised 
Holy Spirit to live within you. The gift of his Spirit is a deposit from God that guarantees our inheritance and keeps us as those who are his possession, living in the power of his redeeming love. Now, there's a lot there. Let's just unpack that a little bit. The gift of his Spirit, this is the Spirit of Christ, this is the Spirit of God, this is God himself, because God is Spirit, God himself coming to live in us. Now, the fact that God comes to live in us is, is like a deposit that you put down for what is to come. And this deposit, Paul says, guarantees our inheritance and keeps us as those who are God's possession keeps us for all eternity, now and beyond this life, living in the power of his redeeming love. Now, what that means is that God has put us into Christ to live out our lives in Christ. And Jesus says, you will remain in my love if you obey my commands. So it is a question of living in the power of his redeeming love by seeking to do his will, to obey him, to fulfill his plan and purposes. And so Paul says, yes, that we might live for his praise and glory. How do you tell a Christian from a non-Christian? A Christian is someone who's living for the praise and glory of God. A non-Christian is probably living for his own praise and glory. But a Christian is living for the praise and glory of God. Wonderful. Then Paul addresses the Ephesians and says, Ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the way you love your fellow saints, those who also belong to him, I have been continually thankful that you also share in his life. Here are the two principles that govern our lives as Christians, the faith and the love, which is why Paul says when he's writing to the Galatians, the only thing that counts is faith working through love, which happens to be the motto of kingdom faith, faith working through love. And here Paul is making it very clear that um, he has heard this. This is the reputation of this church in Ephesus. There are people of faith and a people of love. Sometimes you hear of churches being having a reputation for love, but actually there isn't that much faith, or faith and there's not that much love. But God's purpose is for these two to be working together. We're people of faith, but we're also people of love. And that really expresses what the ministry of Jesus himself was all about, faith and love. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 